When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for tuning into Americana Music Profiles. The next episode starts right now. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Colorado-based Americana and Blues singer and songwriter David Starr has recorded more than 10 albums over his decades-long career as a touring musician. When not on the road, you can find him hanging out in his own music store, Starr's Guitars, in Cedar Ridge, Colorado. David joins me on this edition of Americana Music Profiles to talk about his career in music and his latest EP project, Better Me. Hi, David. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to to jump on and and talk with us. You are, am I speaking to you in Colorado? Is that correct? Yes, I'm in a town called Cedar Edge, Colorado. And for those of uh, geographically challenged, it's in the sort of, uh, it's on the western slope. We're about about an hour from Grand Junction on to the to the to the northwest, and a couple hours north of Telluride. So we're in a good spot. Okay. Has Telluride ever been on your radar? Do you do you do anything out there? You know, I've played in Telluride a couple of times over the years, but um, you know, there's since since I generally play listening rooms, um, and that I, I, I generally don't go down there much. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, big big in the bluegrass world. I, I just wondered if it uh, had an, an Americana scene to it as well. I you know, if it does, I'm I'm out of the loop. You yeah, know, but that would wouldn't be surprising either so has uh, <laughs> uh, colorado been home for you or do you have a, a an original uh, place of where you're from i i was born and raised in in fayetteville arkansas and lived there till i was about 24 then okay. i moved to aspen colorado for a few years and then moved back to central arkansas but i i would say i've been here in this little town for 23 years and i intend to stay here now i i did travel back to arkansas for family and mm-hmm. i have place in nashville that i can also call home when i need to so mm, okay but this this is a good place to, to be from and to come home to you know has music been a part of your life for most of your life is that pretty much all you've done in one form or another um well i've done a lot of things but but it's just it, it was i was talking about this to somebody this morning they asked how long i've been playing and i i think i started playing drums when i was about nine or ten mm. i was a drummer for, okay while it's it's not always been the thing in my life, it's always been there as a, a thing that I went to as a, a place of refuge or solace or inspiration or mm-hmm. to beat out my frustrations, whatever the case <laughs> may be. You know, but o- over the years, I've done other things to um, you know to pay the bills, like a lot of folks. And, right. and uh, for the past twenty five years, I've had a music store, and, and uh, it was in, originally in Little Rock, Arkansas, but now it's here. So yeah. Yeah, and and so I, even even on a bad day, I'm around guitar. Yeah, well, that's not a bad life to live then. 
when when did you make the uh, migration from uh, percussion to to the stringed instruments? Well, I you know that's an I think I think my parents were very supportive of what my brother and I both played. We we had separate bands. We never had a band together. We were just hmm. he was a little old. But, but there were always guitars around, and, and by supportive, I mean they. Had, when they added onto the house at one point, they thought these people are not going away. So we just they just built us a room that uh, had had a living quarters above for my older brother, and then a, a place for the bands to leave their gear. And uh, as long as I can remember, I was picking up guitars and trying to figure stuff out. Hmm. As a singing drummer growing up. At some point, I thought, you know, I, I just I want to be out front and be part of that thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So I taught myself um, enough to get by. I, there are a lot of people who have a lot more virtuosity on a guitar than me. But as a, uh, it, it's funny, a guy came up to me at a show not too long ago, and he said, "You're a drummer," and I went, "What do you mean?" He said, "I can tell by the way you play the guitar," hmm. and but, and it was very percussive and very. Almost like I'm playing a hi hat with that right arm. Interesting. You know? So yeah, yeah. I think you. I think you take all the things you pick up along the way, and that just becomes you know kind of who you are and what yeah. you sound like. So yeah. It's when when did songwriting come into the picture for you? Pretty pretty early on, and I think it was. Uh, yeah, it's probably about thirteen or fourteen. Now, I wouldn't want anyone to hear any of that. <laughs> um, probably pretty dreadful songs, you know, teenage and <laughs> sure. all that. Yeah, well, everybody but, has to start somewhere. I know, and and, and uh, there's plenty of angst on the radio still. That's right, it, right. <laughs> but I, we we had my brother had a uh, back in the day a big, pretty good sized sort of semi pro and uh, Sony four track machine with ten inch reels and it ran oh, at neat. fifteen inches per second and the whole thing. Yeah, so. I got interested in in that early on. So, as much as I like writing songs, I like the pro- I learned to like the process of of building a song. You know, recording four tracks and bouncing and, and doing the whole mm-hmm. thing that you had to do back in the day. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, I don't. I think the songwriting thing was there all along, but uh, um, I really got I really focused on it about twenty years ago and tried to get tried to get good, you know, and I, I don't feel like I'm there yet, and I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way about their songs. Do you have a process that you follow when it's, when you want to write? Do you, is there a formula, or is it a little more organic than that? It, it's it's almost always words first, mm. and um, you know, I've written with some folks in Nashville uh, who, when we get together, one of them will say, hey, I've got a great melody. And I'm always the one that shows up with no melody, but I usually have more words than maybe they do. So mm. I think everybody comes at it differently. And uh, when I knew we were going to talk, I was giving that whole issue some thought, actually. And I I got to thinking that I, I, I get to a melody eventually, but it's almost, it's almost, you use the word organic, and that's, that's exactly what it is. That comes somewhere in the process without me even thinking about it. Mm. You know, mm. that's the magic, I guess. You know, you said that you kind of start with words first. Do you do you hear melody when you're like? Do the words do the do the words have? What am I looking for? Um, do the words have melody to them when you're writing words, or is it not quite that that f- gelled? Yeah, you know, occasionally that'll happen. But more than anything, I I find myself 
I will uh, I'll hear a phrase or I'll think of a phrase, maybe maybe two words, um, and I, I think sort of rhythmically. I tend to like rhymes and I tend to like uh, alliteration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once once I get started on a kind of on a roll like that, it it's, it comes pretty easily. Now that doesn't mean I don't edit later and cut and paste and do all kinds of, mm-hmm. but. But yeah, I think once in a while that'll happen. And again, that's kind of divine intervention, I guess. Yeah. You, know, you hear something and it's it's sort of fully born almost and you okay. just have to mold it a little bit. Yeah, I, I guess uh, maybe unfairly the word I was thinking of is, is poetry first. Uh, without the without the music and then the uh, I just I, I'm not a songwriter but if I if I ever hear a phrase and I feel like that could be what a song would be I almost hear hear it in melody phrase form together yeah I can I can see that and and, and I definitely look at it as poetry I um, I use the iPhone as, as, as a really big tool for me because that notes function in there i go in there and open that up and i'll speak into it i do a lot of traveling and i, I drive mm-hmm. a lot and that's a really easy way to do it without wrecking the car you know mm-hmm. you're not, you're not, <laughs> don't have to get a legal pad out right to, right right yeah um i'll speak in, in the phone and, and capture that stuff yeah that's cool and you've been recording a while i think i read where you you're maybe 10 albums in is that right to in your career yeah or more yeah I, before I left Little Rock, when I lived there, um, <clears throat> towards the end of my time there, I, I was recording a lot of stuff in my home studio. And back then, I went from reel to reel to ADAT machines. Mm-hmm. And then, then when I moved out here, I had a lot of that stuff left. So I sort of reworked it. I've got three albums that I did here since I've been here that were pretty much homemade, and I played everything on them. And then uh, it was 10 years ago this month that I, a friend of mine, a, a producer friend that I've known since grade school in Nashville, said, well, come down here and let's, let's cut some demos and, uh, you know, I'll introduce you around. And so went down there and, and cut six songs. Nobody wanted to hear them. They were just, you know, they, they did a good job with them, but mm-hmm. didn't get much interest. So I cut six more and called that a record. So I've done, I don't know, six or eight, nine records in 10 years, you know, and wow. That's uh, worked. Cool working on another one now and i think i think a, a good portion of it um uh, is newer stuff that you know that i've written for the projects and then there's some songs from those early projects that i've recut with a full band and uh, it's I, I love that process and i love that collaboration in the studio i love mm-hmm. just turning you know now you mentioned home studio do you have you produced a lot of your own music or do you turn to outside help when it's time to get to the final product I, I i would say for the last 10 years i've really focused on working in nashville with either either a co-producer or i've produced a couple of things or 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 had someone produce and i think i think i worked for so many years sort of before i before i went down there i worked for so many years in the studio by myself kind of building my own projects that it was a relief to let somebody else mm turn the knobs and tell me, you know, give me guidance. Mm-hmm. I still obviously have input, but I, I think there's something to that collaborative effort. And for the longest time, I just didn't do that. And I'm yeah. gonna, I've gotten a lot out of that process. And I'm glad I've done it. Did I read where you actually got the chance to work with John Oates on one of your more recent projects? 
I've done I've done two albums with John. We did an EP in 2017 called The Head and Heart, and then uh, and that that was a lot of fun and and uh, real proud of that project. And then a couple of years later, I um, maybe even just a year later, uh, I went to him with an idea. My uh, briefly, my grandfather was an author and uh, and a columnist and a farmer, and he just did a lot of things. And I, I knew him well, and we were we were very close, but. I never read his books when I was a kid because I was mm-hmm. busy being a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, when his his last book was a novel and it came out in 72 and he, he, he died suddenly the next year, I went back and read that book a few years ago and I, I felt like there were a lot of there were a lot of songs in there, if you know what I mean. There was, oh, yeah, there was, okay. There were people and places and, and, and situations and human frailties that lent themselves to, to music, I thought. So I went to John with that book and I said... Let's get some songwriting friends together that we we know here in Nashville. Have everybody read the book and then come to the project with with songs inspired by the book. And that's out of that came a project called Beauty and Ruin. And then we reprinted the book um, and did this whole package. And it was to me, it's one of the most beautiful projects I've ever worked on. And then of course it came out the week the pandemic hit, mm. so <laughs> kind of kind of fell off a cliff, right? For a, a lot of people, business. man. Yeah, and then a lot of people had a lot worse problems than me. But so I, I, I still try to get out and, and play those songs and, and promote that uh, project because it's really, it's really close to my heart. Have you ever considered um, kind of relaunching that even um, because of the pandemic That's, and the, the fact that people didn't get to experience it? We have, um, you know, oddly enough, at that point in time, we were set up with Barnes and Noble and a lot of different. Uh, vinyl oh, wow. outlets yeah stuff, and the whole thing just got dropped and so yes we've talked about it and it's something that we've we've toyed with but we've got to figure out a way to do it that doesn't cost us a fortune to, to right. relaunch something you know so uh it's almost we'll one of the things we're doing is as part of that sort of semi-relaunch project is uh, is getting the book read for an audio book. So we're working on that right now. Mm. We should have that done before too long. So, yeah. you know, that would be a way. And then even breaking that up into podcasts, uh, chapters or something, you know, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't know where we're going with it just yet, but um, mm. try to keep, keep it alive and get it, get a wider. Yeah. Audience. Yeah. It's the technology is amazing uh, to, that you could actually turn it into this entire experience, the podcasts and marrying it with the different songs and the different parts of the text. And I, we just, um, exactly. we couldn't do that 15 years ago. You know, there's just, no, uh, um, and, and it's causing, it's causing me to think outside the box a little. Um, and I have some, some short interviews that I did with all the songwriters. I could go back and revisit those. Mm. And, and, and so there's, there's plenty to work with. It's a matter of, of, just the logistics of mm-hmm. you know and just figuring out the best way to do it but yeah it's uh it's an important project for me and i don't want to let it uh fade away and you have a new project if i'm correct that's out just came out or been out a little bit is is the uh is that better me is that the one that's out now yeah better me was uh, uh we we didn't we didn't press physical cds with it um we, we probably will but uh, that was a project that I had some songs, a couple of a couple of older songs, and then some new ones, and uh, and I thought, you know, we we should. I guess I, I guess I feel like in today's environment, it's it's important to keep content sort of 
coming, you know, mm-hmm. keep, keep, um, now there, there are probably pros and cons to that, but I, I like to, I think is it from a relevant standpoint and just to, to keeping things fresh. So we, we had six songs and we sort of, uh, released those over the last little over a year. And, uh, a couple of them, like I say, were, were, were reworked versions of some that I did early in the mm-hmm. 20th century. century. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and that's those songs have been received real well. I, I am getting pushed back from fans going, well, "Where's the CD?" Well, mm. okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll get that. You know, get, get to write a but, few more. <laughs> well, you know, it's, we could we could just put it out as an EP, and that's okay. But, um, you know, you wind up you wind up at the end of the day, and you've got all these boxes of CDs. You gotta you gotta get out and sell them. And right, uh, right. People are still buying CDs, but certainly not the way they did. You know, yeah, I, and I read where maybe CDs were starting to to uh, come back a little bit. I, I hope that's true. I, I don't know what that would look like for people, but may, maybe like the vinyl, everybody digging yeah. digging around in the uh, in the salvage stores looking for old CD players <laughs> that that, that well, their parents used to have. Like I I, I I tour the UK every year, and I'll go over there at the end of this month. You know, here in April, and uh, folks over there buy CDs. They mm-hmm. really do. So. I know I'm going to hear about why isn't this new and why don't you have this new one, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, in, in time, I'll get that done. It was it was kind of a time crunch and we just didn't get it all done. But, uh, you know, I, it, it'll um, be there. I, I read in your bio that, that you'd had a chance to open for the band America and then listening to some of your music. And I forget which project it was on, but I I could sort of hear that sound in your music, that, that, that kind of that... 70s um just really warm friendly authentic kind of americana folk rock um do you do you get to go out with a full band and play that music that way or is it more of a uh, you and acoustically on the stage well it I, I do i do the full band thing occasionally in nashville but it's just it's pretty prohibitive to do that you know, with a full band on any kind of regular basis. Mm-hmm. I do have a, a young fella named uh, Eric Stuckey, who's uh, a friend of mine from here in Colorado, but he lives in Nashville now. And he plays mandolin very, very well. And uh, he and I play a lot together. So, um, but it's it's interesting that you bring up that that period in time that, you know, those, those bands, uh, I, I was, my formative years for learning to sing and songwrite were the, late 60s and early 70s so mm-hmm. the whole southern california thing mm. eagles brown poco burrito brothers jd south or america uh Loggins and messina uh, in fact eric and i are going to open for jim messina next month at oh, Grand cool. Junction. okay yeah Neat. yeah that'll be fun as a demographic and as a you know we we opened for america and got a standing o you know so we were we felt like we we did what we came to do sure but, uh, yeah i i love playing with a band but it's a little more time consuming you got to rehearse everybody and all that but uh i look forward to doing that some i'm i'm working on another project right now that we're kind of halfway through the recording process that's a lot more blues based mm. and that's cool. those songs really probably need a full band mm-hmm. to you know maybe we could talk about that more when we get closer to mm-hmm. putting it out yeah love it, to. you know I, I have so many influences that it's you know, if I could have a full band all the time, man, I would love it because yeah. uh, nothing like it. 
uh, there's something epic about it. And, um, you know, pre-pandemic, uh, we kind of took it for granted, I think. And uh, we've we've lost a lot of bands in the Americana folk bluegrass scene that were on the road all the time and had found a way yeah. to kind of carve a niche out. Even if it wasn't a lot of money, they were making it full time. And, man, we've we've lost that, uh, a lot of that. And um, I, I hope maybe this, this summer it's starting to come back a little bit. But... There's there's something about that music being heard live on stage and just the the power and and the uh, I don't know just just the message and the music and and the the energy and the crowd when when you're out there doing that I, it, it's something that um, I hope doesn't get lost because it's an amazing experience. No, I, I agree. My my older brother went recently to see Springsteen with the E Street Band, and he just he said I don't even know where to start. Mm-hmm. You know, it was three three and a half hours of just an onslaught of this amazing band and mm. all this energy. Mm. You got guys in their seventies, you know, it's cool. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, they don't make musicians like that anymore. At least not as many as they used to be. Well, I think, I think there will be a time in the not too distant future. A lot of that's just going to be gone just, yeah. just due to in an old age and people passing on and whatnot. And it's, uh, there'll be a generation of people that will have missed a lot of that, mm-hmm. but that's, it's the nature of life. I guess. Yeah, it is. It's it's just a sad, a sad piece of that that I I, I wish wasn't true. <laughs> right, right. Well, um, if people want to get in touch with you and and check out the new project and and listen to your back catalog, what's the best way to? How, how do you like to communicate with folks? Well, uh, on Facebook and Instagram, it's David Star Music, and then the website is davidstarmusic.com and. I'm on all the streaming channels under David Starr. There, there are two or three David Stars. I'm, I'm the one with the black hat on in most of the pictures. And, and two R's, uh, right? S-T-A-R-R. Yes. Well, thank and you, David. Then, uh, yeah, I um, enjoyed, enjoyed talking to you and um, wish you the best with the new project. And, um, man, I, I love your music. I, I love that, that era, that sound, and... Uh, Man, I, I'm glad there's guys out there like you keeping it alive. Well, I'm, I'm I'm doing the best I can for an old guy. Let's let's talk again when I get this other project. Yes, sir. Go. I would love to do that. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com 
code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 